This podcast is brought to you by JBL. Employing the best methods and tools, audio technology is at the core of everything JBL creates. Never straying from a ground-up approach to everything they build, JBL has produced a prolific list of audio achievements, groundbreaking technologies, and revolutionary advances in the art and science of professional audio. JBL, passion for sound and those who create it. Learn more at JBL.com. Hello and welcome to Tape Ops Discussion, where we call our friends and music community notables to chat about their favorite records. Enjoy. What's up, man? How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm here with Madeline. Good morning. We are talking into an SM58, which should be good. Should be good. Thanks for taking the time today, guys. Um, no, thanks for having us. We, this has been a dream of ours for a long time. Nice. Avid, avid K-pop readers. Me too. Welcome to Discussion. I'm Jeff Stanfield, and this week we have Madeline Folan and Brian Oblivion from Colts discussing Ween's 1991 release, The Pod. Ween, The Pod. Wow, what what a record. <laughs> it's true. We might have gotten in a little over our heads here, but you know, you know, we're gonna roll with it. I I think it's um, I think that's good. I think it's, sometimes it's good to get get um, get in deep because uh, and this is one that is uh, staggeringly odd and what maybe you know I I was listening to it. I listened to it when you guys first sent it and then. And then came back to it as we had uh, scheduled a time to chat, and and first of all, it's it's super long. It's got twenty three songs on it, and and um, so it's just an, a massive uh, amount of content to sort of absorb. Um, that said, um, you know, it's such an interesting listen and and uh, a real study in sort of uh, home fi or you know um, recording because of its. Uh, the nature of the way it was made and just how totally tripped out it is. Why did you guys choose this one? Um, I feel like we went back and forth for a while trying to decide what record we wanted to do. And uh, one of our favorite things to do is to... uh, to wean people. <laughs> uh, yeah, to wean people, I guess. Uh, but everybody's always shocked to hear that we're wean fans. And I f- think we're, in the beginning, we were embarrassed to say that we were wean fans. Uh, but... We can make anyone a wean fan in about an hour and a half if they're willing <laughs> to dedicate their time. Um, and we've done it flawlessly with like probably 11, 12 people um, now. And uh, 
I I wanted to say that that you know Ween I would say that Ween is one of the most misunderstood bands, but that's not accurate because they're they are impossible to understand. Like you could have two Ween fans who basically might as well love different bands completely. Um, and but this record out of all the Ween records feels the most kind of cohesive, I guess. Or it's the first record that I. It's how I got into Ween, so. But I probably got you into weaning. She did. Not with that. Not with. She you. weaned me. I weaned him. <laughs> so what? What was the first track that that you that you heard on this record, and what was your reaction to it? It was definitely pork roll. <clears throat> I mean, the whole album is is just a big. I mean, they say the words pork roll, egg, and cheese on four songs. They 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 knew that was the hit, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, it wasn't a pork roll, egg, and cheese, but I was listening to it this morning, and I had to order a bacon, egg, and cheese. <laughs> it got into my. I don't think. Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't think we've ever had it. I mean, I know I read about it. The pork roll, egg, and cheese is like a New Jersey, like uh, Pennsylvania kind of like delicacy but it's just like canadian bacon instead of bacon but it's on a specific kind of kaiser bun i really want one i'm vegetarian but i would eat one well just Uh, yeah just in solidarity i mean yeah just just to know what they're really talking about you know which is also what diener was talking about which is one of my favorite ween songs but um the uh i think i was just weaned with the whole album the pod i think i just listened to the record and i was it was pretty shocking one day we were in the van and she started putting on Ween and she was singing every single word to these really strange songs. And I remember looking at her like, where have you been hiding this knowledge <laughs> and like this interest? Like she knew every single record and we, we'd been a band for like five years before that happened. You know, I mean, this is a this is a headphones must record at some point in the listening journey of of this because it's just mixed so strangely with like you know the two vocals and left and right ears hard panned, um, and you know it did very non conventional in terms of the way that most modern or you know conventional music is mixed. This record is far from conventional. Um, I thought one of the things that was really funny about this, whether it's folklore or not, but um, according to the fans, you know, the, and I guess it was, it was uh, listed on the liner notes, but that the pod was made under the influence of Scotch guard huffing. And that, uh, you know, although that the band disputes this, um, but the liner notes certainly suggest it. Um, and when you listen to it, I would, I believe it. I I don't I had to look up what Scotchgard was. I feel like that's like a uh uh like a can you even buy that anymore? Yeah, no, What's the equivalent? I just when I just got my new couch, they 
were telling me to scotch guard it. Oh, really? <laughs> so we still have we could we could scotch guard our next record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think scotch guard is like a you know it's like a protective coating for waterproofing and stains that um. I, I think that they weren't protecting themselves from stains and rather... Uh, it's like the opposite of paint thinner, but with similar results. Exactly. Just uh, and, and, you know, I think the propellants were the uh, ultimate goal. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, especially with the way their voices are, like, pitched all, like, you know, over the place. I honestly, like, so much of their, of their stuff, like, you know, I feel... I feel like there are a lot of people like us. There are a lot of people that need to come out of the shadows and admit that they're Ween fans because, like, even like this whole like chopped and screwed, you know, movement. Like, someone may have heard Ween, and that may have started it. I was thinking today that maybe Billie Eilish was inspired because they were saying that she's the first ASMR <laughs> artist, and the pod has, I feel like, a lot of. ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Like I I listened to like uh a bunch of songs on this record and I mean like honestly since I've become a Ween fan I'll say to people like, "Oh, I really like that song. Yeah, it sounds like Ween." And people will look at me with like the weirdest uh, you know, thing, but like Mac DeMarco and like Conan Moccasin and all these kind of slippery vibrato-y guitar tones that are popular now. That's just Ween. They were doing it in 1990. Yeah, heavy, heavy chorusing and time-based effects and just, like, loads of flanger all over everything and, um, you know, li- very liberal. Maybe maybe on the, you know, airing on the side of too much. <laughs> but see, that's that's the reason, you know, that's, well, that's one of the reasons that, 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 um, that we chose this record and that, that we keep coming back to it is that, like, you know, I was thinking, like, it's so easy, especially for a band like us, who's been a band for like a decade now, you know, to um, to get like a little bit detached from like the kind of like raw excitement of just making a song, you know, and like uh, I don't know a song like uh, "Can You Taste the Waste," which <laughs> oh, is. Yeah. A minute and 30 seconds of, like, Metal Zone pedal and, like, just, like, you know, looping vocals. It's like, they heard that and they're like, this is awesome. And they put it out. And then it got re-released on a major label, on Elektra. It's like, that's amazing. I don't know. It's just they're like it's the least it's overthought album while also being like really really well done. I agree there's just such a a, a nice spirit of um it's not innocence but it's really just like we're just going to make it and and whatever. You know, it's Yeah. There's uh, and it's super homemade sounding. It's it's it was, you know, it was done on a Tascam cassette 4 track. Um 
it has all the hallmarks of making a record that way in terms of uh, you know the way that it, uh, things degenerate as they become uh, further and further uh, away in time as they, things have been overdubbed on top of them. Um, it, it just it's a really it, it is a uh, it is a really fun record to listen to. I think that you need to have a little bit of patience with it, but it is uh, it's not sing songy by any stretch. Although. There are there are some you know I wanted to ask you what your favorite tracks on it were. Um, personally, um, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the pork rolling and cheese is incredible, but um, mononucleosis is kind of like a sleeper classic. Um, I love that Dr. Rock has the... Me- that's another thing, is that like the excitement of creation that Dr. Rock has the me- the melody from Heroes and Villains. Like... It's exactly that melody. And you know they knew that. You know what I mean? It keeps reminding me, like, or the, the for, even uh, <laughs> the strap on that Jimmy pack. Every time that hit that snare hits, it's like completely off. It's like this. We always, I don't know. We always, I guess, we relate a lot to Ween too because we're like a duo that has to kind of imagine, you know, like a larger band every time we do a project, and we say stuff to like drummers. We're like, all right, pretend that it's like. 6 a.m. and like you are like just want to go home and you are so tired and you're also like a 14 year old who doesn't know how to play drums go you know (laughs) but it's uh uh you know that stuff always gets me because it's it's on purpose you know it's not like they just like don't know how to play they're really good it's like that dolly parton quote or whatever like it uh takes a lot of money to look this cheap or whatever Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would. You know, on sketches of Wink, uh, is it sketches of Winkle? Um, you know, it, it has like complete Led Zeppelin meets, you know, vibe. But then I was like, it totally reminds me of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Senior, no, he's hip to her mantra. He 
But Sketches of Winkle is the song right after Oh My Dear, right? Which is like the sweetest love song ever. The it's like uh, they, they 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 it's like sweeter than anything like early Beatles like, and then they just go into like like <laughs> Iron Maiden ACDC yeah, exactly. metal. Yeah, there there are some other ones I love like Frank, which is uh, I'm I'm guessing just due to its very Zappa esque nature that that's a, a some sort of nod to Frank Zappa. That those guitar solos on the end of that song are amazing. Yeah, we actually met them once in the Chicago airport. It was uh, one of those days where, like, every single flight on the board was canceled. Um, that's a classic Chicago, you know, winter day. And we were at this one, like, Mexican food restaurant that's, like, way better than it should be in the Chicago airport. And I uh, looked over at Madeline and her face, she was just like, this is before I'd found out about Ween, but she's like, that's Diener. <laughs> <laughs> looked over at some like scrappy guys guitars i was like oh dean deaner she's like that's dean ween i'm gonna talk to him and i don't know what did you guys talk about no nothing i didn't want to talk to him you guys were like go say hi yeah. <laughs> and i think i just said hi and took a picture <laughs> that's nice. funny he was really nice <laughs> well, i'm sure he was i mean I, I really doubt they consider themselves rock stars. Well, I did. I was researching today, and there was, like, some... I don't know if you guys looked into it at all, but there was a huge um, ween beef a few years ago uh, in, like, 2012, and they broke up, and I think it was Gene was getting sober, and I don't know. It seemed really bad, but I'm glad they're back together and worked through it. We just saw them in uh, last February... That was probably the last the show. The last show that like, ever happened in New York. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not sure there's ever getting sober after you've been a Scotch guard. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Some of it might, might stick Permanently yeah. scotched. <laughs> you're, just, you're, you're just scotched, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, do, you, do you hear this, the influence of Ween in your music, even though you know it's slightly different i mean i know that early on you guys were making records in a similar way yeah i feel like i was thinking about that today that the first uh record like a song like sorry charlie on the pod reminds me a lot of the sound that we had on our first record and i think just like a lot of the like living in a pod and experimenting not knowing what the hell we were doing
even on the, on the new record, we started to be like a little bit like more liberal with like a song. We have a song called like uh, called a low on the new record, and we we're like, oh man, this is like it's just like super dramatic, and we're like, yeah, let's just go all the way. Let's like make it like a Ween song, you know? <laughs> like to us, that stands for like crossing the threshold. You know? But I do wish sometimes that we had the ability to do something like Awesome Sound, where it's like, you can just tell that they're just fucking around. Having so much <laughs> fun. they're not gonna, yeah. like... Uh, I wish we had the balls to, like, release something so crazy. Because we definitely do have demos that... <laughs> yeah, there there are a few records out there that um, I feel like have really benefited. Um, you know, there are many many records have, have been made where uh, you know people were in their bedrooms with a four track and just experimenting and then had the guts to sort of release it and I think that that's like I mean think of the millions of people that have made four track recordings in their bedroom that will never see the light of day and and the pod could have easily have been one because you know at least half of the people that probably if you walked up to and said, Hey, check out this thing I made, they'd be like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> More than um, half. I'm guessing that's generous. <laughs> well, you know, but you know, there are records like, have you ever heard this record um, by Gary Wilson called, you think you really know me? I've heard, I've heard Gary Wilson records, but I'm not sure I've heard that one. Yeah. I mean, it's got like 6.4 equals make out. And it's just like this, uh, you know, it's this dude made this freaky record in his bedroom and, and it is pretty, I mean, you know, it might secretly be the companion record unknowingly to the pod in a lot of ways. Well, you know, you know who my, my, my biggest, like, uh, I, it's very sad for many reasons that we can't ask him about this, but I, I have to believe that Elliot Smith was a big ween fan. Well, that we can confirm because Larry, Larry did you know worked with Elliot, so that I can I can confirm for you. Amazing. Okay, good. This has really bothered me because like when I listen to those early Elliot Smith records, you know, I'm like even like songs, uh, you know, like uh, <laughs> Oh My Dear or something, you know, like just the aesthetics, the way that it sounds, the approach. I'm like, this is like Elliot Smith song. You know, like, and he just, like, kind of took it, uh, he just took the serious parts of Ween, you know, and, like, riffed on that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of that's probably, honestly, like, the, the source is probably, like you mentioned earlier, the Beatles. Um, and there's there's something very, um, uh, you know, close and personal about those records. And one that I just was talking to John... Uh, Bachi Galupi about because I had it I had the record out on the other day was you know McCartney's first solo record called you know they call it Bowl of Cherries um, and I don't know if you're familiar with that record but it's just him playing everything like drums and guitars the guitars are direct into the console and it's kind of like one mic drum recordings but it's it, and it's an incredible you know, it's Paul McCartney, so there's there's a level of songwriting and amazing singing and, and musicianship there. But it also is not the Beatles, so it, it just is, it's a very um, it, it kind of interesting looking glass into not only like what Paul, what the Beatles would have been if it they weren't all together, the, what they formed as a unit in a band, but 
but also just the insight into someone's kind of personal creative process while they were alone and didn't have, you know, engineers or, or producers or other people in the mix. So it's worth listening to in terms of this, this sort of style of recording. And, um, and I think it's a whole kind of thing, right? Like they're early Beck records, like you're talking about Elliot Smith and, and all these, there's, there's so many people that got their start making records on four tracks and experimenting in their own time. I feel like there might be like a bit of a renaissance of that with coronavirus, maybe. I hope so. You know, I, I think that, that, uh, I think you're right. Oh uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, but we, we, I was talking to one of my friends about this, about how, like, I don't know that the outlet of like, or the outcome of, of this pandemic is that like so many things that are like flashy just seem like just tasteless now, you know, <laughs> Like, whether it's, like, a hot car or, like, a cool clothes or, like, whatever, like, after we've all been through this, um, I think something's, like, things that are smaller and more personal are going to rise out of this and resonate more. I mean, that's what's resonating more with me right now. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I I, I think that that's something to keep an eye on and, and check out because I think you're right. I think that um, while people have had time and... and uh, Bottles of Scotch yeah. Guard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there is there is something so it's you know, when you when you have time to just do your own thing, I think you make different records than when you're you know, in a in a in a, there, there's not there's not a right way, but I do think there's something to be said for both, but but I do really like the the personal Sort of, uh, and there's a lot of flaws there too. This is not a technically uh, great record, um, but it doesn't matter. And and uh, you know, they used what they had and they made some art and, and put it out. You know, and it's just it's like you know, step one of writing a song is like, what do you have to say? And for them, that was. Seems like they got an awesome sound, man. It was never even a question. You know what I mean? Like they never even sat down to ask themselves that. So you know they automatically knew the answer. Like what I have to say is what I'm saying right now, and that's like it's such a captured moment. You know, it's it's really beautiful. Well, I think we got it, my man. Thank you for the insightful conversation. Thanks for listening. Discussion is created by Tape Op, the creative music recording magazine. Free subscriptions are available at tapeop.com along with our regular podcast and online content.